The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. We're broadcasting to over 60 countries again this week. This time from Sydney, Australia, where I'm sitting here at 2 a.m. Sydney time. I'm looking across beautiful Sydney Harbour and all the lights. It's absolutely gorgeous. Now, after two weeks of bringing you the show from the fabulous Lu Bu restaurant in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, tonight we're in Sydney, and next week we're back in our studio on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles, which is the centre of the Silicon Beach startup capital and the fastest-growing part of the world for entrepreneurs. So I want to thank you all for making this the number one business show in the world for entrepreneurs. I really do appreciate it. This program is all about helping entrepreneurs and everyone in business. We're trying to help all of you to be more successful. We've been bringing you information, great advice and fantastic interviews now for over five years. That's a long time um, to help you maximize your own success. Now about 18 months ago or so, we talked about a remarkable new product called Graphene and the changes it will make to so many industries on the planet. And there's been a lot of activity in Graphene lately with a host of new patents, new mines, public offerings. So I thought I'd just recap the tremendous potential of the product. Graphene is over one million times thinner than paper. It's pretty hard to imagine it at a million times thinner than paper, and it's over 200 times stronger than steel. More importantly, it conducts power and heat more efficiently than anything else that's ever been discovered. And technology companies like Apple and Samsung are betting that it's going to really transform the digital area. So they are piling on the patents. The University of Michigan is working on graphene contact lenses that allow people to see in the dark, and they allow people to even see through solid materials. It's real Superman stuff. So while graphene is still a relatively new material, Samsung, IBM, Nokia, Google, SanDisk, Apple, a whole bunch of others are looking for ways to incorporate it in their products. Samsung leads all firms in graphene-related patents, They've got 405 patents on graphene. Now, one significant challenge to its use is that graphene is such a good conductor that it can't be switched off. It lacks what's known as a band gap, which means that it cannot be adopted into electrical systems. However, recent 
research has seen pretty promising developments that address that problem. The most experts, not all, but most, agree that graphene has enormous upside potential. Not only are firms and universities racing to get patents, but graphene's worldwide range of potential applications ensures that demand's going to continue to grow. The European Union has just announced its plans to fund graphene research that drives innovation and job growth over the next decade to the tune of 1 billion euros. If you look at the um, current and potential applications of graphene, they're, they're really astounding and they could revolutionise many industries. And graphene applications include medicine, uh, the develop of bio, bioelectric sensors to bioimaging devices, drug and gene delivery, more effective powerful disinfectants and DNA sequencing. Artificial implants are always also being explored and that would be connected directly to your neural system and graphene could also be used to produce more efficient spinal surgical equipment. Another graphene. But other applications in computing where graphene can radically improve the processing power of computer chips. IBM's announced they've created a graphene chip that is 10,000 times faster than standard chips and they use a lot more energy. A third application could be in electronics where it could replace silicon in common electric circuitry. Scientists have been experimenting with quick-charging batteries, high-quality headphones, flexible electronics, more capable photo sensors, and virtually unbreakable touchscreens, among a whole bunch of other things. Graphene's also been shown to be the most effective water filtration material available. Lockheed Martin has a graphene water filter in development, which they claim will reduce the energy costs of desalinisation plants by 99%. And this could not only play a significant role in increasing the amount of potable drinking water across the world, particularly in developing countries. And while graphene is an extremely efficient water filter, researchers at Vanderbilt University have found ways to apply it to other materials to cause those materials to become either super absorbent or super repellent. So this has tremendous commercial potential when you consider waterproof materials, electronics and buildings. Nokia is already working on developing a waterproof smartphone. Another use of graphene is energy storage. Because it can conduct heat and electricity extremely efficiently, it can rapidly charge batteries. It can charge smartphone batteries and just couple of seconds. Graphene-based supercapacitors are being explored for eventual usage in cell phones and other portable devices. Graphene can also be used in the production of more proficient photovoltaic cells, which could be used in clothing, and it's of particular interest to firms developing wearable tech, such as wearable solar. The US military is looking at photovoltaics to power military equipment in the field. And as graphene research and development continues, it's going to be integrated into commercial and military photovoltaic production. The incorporation of graphene into other materials, such as paint. Paint's amazing. You can paint your house with, um, with graphene and it absorbs the, the energy from the atmosphere and can power 
your house and it never ever will wear out. So you just paint your house with graphene and um, you can store energy powering the house or home forever. And it's strength and weight because it weighs practically nothing, lend themselves to the production of goods and parts typically that use plastics and polymers such as car and aeroplane parts. Composites of graphene plus plastics or polymers could be industry standards for everything from bikes to wind turbines in just a short period. So graphene is also being studied as a potential material for 3D printing. So um, graphene is an extraordinary product that's going to revolutionise a host of industries. So wait for it. It's pretty amazing. It's a really unbelievable product. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show this week from Sydney Harbour in Australia on Voice America Business. And we're here to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you have a question about any aspect of business, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or we'll email you directly. And make sure you subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which is sent out to over 16,000 business executives in over 60 countries every month. Now, for the past few weeks, um, I have been talking with entrepreneurs in Asia and in Australia, as well as with incubators, accelerators and VCs in Australia and Asia. And there is a huge amount of amazing developments happening on this side of the world. And if you go to my website, bobpritchard.com, you'll see that I have a new page called the Bob Pritchard Pathway Success, which is designed to assist international entrepreneurs as well as American entrepreneurs to access contacts, expertise and funding in North America. And we've established a number of great partnerships up here in in Asia and Australia that we'll be announcing soon that'll be a benefit to all entrepreneurs. I've also got some additional very exciting news for my radio listeners, as well as those who purchase my books and come to my speeches, etc. And we're going to announce them in the next couple of weeks. The aim is to develop a like-minded community of people who are entrepreneurs and want to take advantage of every opportunity there is to be successful. We're launching the Bob Pritchard Premium Club, which offers our listeners a fantastic range of benefits, business advice, giveaways, and a host of really great stuff to help every entrepreneur and uh, business executive. We've been working on this for a while. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be telling you about all the advantage of joining the club. Now, Putting on something like this is pretty expensive, so to try to cover our administration costs only, no profit in this, we'll charge a nominal fee of just $12.99 a week, which then look at the benefit package that we've put together. I'm confident that you'll agree that this is an unbelievable deal. I'll be announcing a lot more details about the Bob Pritchard Premium Club over the next couple of weeks, so watch out for it. It'll also be up, of course, on my website, bobpritchard.com. Today's guest is George Kansas, who from 1995 to 2005 was a performance coach to executive entrepreneurs, athletes, artists, people who needed high performance. He's a practicing attorney. He's a single father of two, focusing on helping busy people strike a healthy, nurturing balance between professional and personal responsibility and physical and spiritual growth, which is bloody hard balance to achieve. 
And in the midst of launching a boutique record label and the relief concert series Rock to Build, George was diagnosed with a rare leukemia, which had destroyed 100% of his bone marrow. Five months later, George was cancer-free. So he joined forces with speaking greats like Zig Ziglar, Dennis Waitley and Brian Tracy, and I wrote a book with Brian Tracy a few years ago, to launch the world's first online coaching platform and led in the development of the internet's first content delivery for motivational, inspirational business and personal development recordings. There's been a heap of them, man. They're brilliant. George is a great guy. And I'll be back with George immediately after this break on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk to extraordinary people, people who are doing different things, people who are taking initiatives, and people that are um, enjoying great success and are making a difference. Now, there's some extraordinary, talented people in this world, and uh, I'm amazed on a daily basis just how many unbelievable people there are. And I love to speak with them because... There's so much that they can teach us about such a almost a um, an infinite number of subjects. And my aim in these interviews is not to um, not to be controversial or to give them great promotion for what they're doing, but to find out what are the characteristics that these people have that make them great, that make them different, that make them unusual. And to find out what it is that each of us can learn from them. Well, from 1995 to 2005, George Kansas was a performance coach to executives, entrepreneurs, athletes and artists. He's a practicing attorney, but we'll put that aside for a minute. There are some nice attorneys out there, I promise you. And a single father of two. Um, 
George's work focused on helping busy people strike a healthy, nurturing balance between professional and personal responsibilities and physical and spiritual growth. Now, as all of us know that are in business, it is unbelievably hard to balance your personal and your business life and to keep everybody happy. More importantly, I reckon, with today's pressures, it's very difficult to ensure that you are personally happy. I know so many people that are on a treadmill and they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, not really enjoying themselves, but not knowing how the hell to get off or how to make their stay on the treadmill more enjoyable. Now, in 2005, in the midst of launching a boutique record label and the relief concert series called Rock to Rebuild, George was diagnosed with a rare leukaemia, which had completely destroyed 100% of his bone marrow. Just five months later, after employing a rigorous combination of medical science, creative visualisation, visualisation is so powerful. So many people don't practice it and don't understand it, but there's no question that visualisation, if you're an athlete or a performer, visualisation makes the difference between success and a great show or failure in many cases. And his self-developed biotransformative meditation and George became cancer-free. Now, through that experience, George realized that the business, sports, spiritual and relationship lessons that he'd been teaching for donkey's years played an important role in saving his own life. Now, at the dawn of the internet, George joined forces with speaking greats, Zig Ziglar. He was, he was amazing in his time. I um, worked with him in Australia when I was still there, and I've been here for 27 years, so it was <laughs> longer ago than that. Mm. Um, Dennis Waitley and Brian Tracy, and Brian Tracy and I wrote a book together um, some time ago to launch the world's first online coaching platform and led in the development of the Internet's first content delivery for motivational and inspirational business and personal development recordings. So that's, that's quite an achievement. Since his recovery, George has run maris- marathons, published seven books, spoken of tens of thousands of people across North America. He's trained hundreds of runners to run their first races and support uh, retreat events for survivors and caregivers. That's what I, that's not a bad sort of a resume, and it's also very inspirational. Hi, George. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Hi, Bob. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for that introduction. I notice that if somebody wants to get in touch with you, the contact is rockstarmonk.com, and also, um, what else did I just just notice? The um, concert series Rock to Rebuild. So, do you and I have something in common? I spent my first twenty odd years as a a performer. You you got performance in you? Uh, I I think I well I have a little performance in me that I I express that through my speaking. You know the the musician in me uh, is still a little clumsy with the keyboard, so I leave that to the professionals. What <laughs> I do is I help the professional. I help get the best performance out of the professional. <laughs> so the 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 concert series was born just out of compassion for children who were left stranded by the tsunami, uh, right. you know, 10 years ago. Yep. Yep. And, um, 
we helped build, we helped put the first tents on the ground to protect kids from predation and homelessness and starvation. And uh, that was born purely out of, hey, we got to do something about this, you know. Yeah. That's great. And, that, and 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 my relationships with the musicians, you know, back east. So that's where that came from. Yeah, I think um, in Australia, of course, the sort of I think the awareness of the tsunami and its devastation was probably far greater than here because of the um, closer to, close tie with with with, um, with Asia. But um, yeah, what an yeah. incredible cause. So. Um, in your story, there's a heavy emph- emphasis on single parenthood and your brush with cancer. Now, what do those two things have in common with performance coaching? <laughs> That's a great question. I guess if you can handle uh, kids, you can handle anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, okay? Uh, you know, that expression, if you have one, one's not enough and two's too many. I don't know if that's true or not, but, uh, certainly being a single parent, you know, I was 29 years old, uh, put in a situation where I was solely responsible for raising my kids. And the right. first thought was, oh my goodness, there's no way I'm prepared for this. Yep. And as a student of the human condition, you know, as a, as a fan of Zig Ziglar and Dennis Waitley and these guys that I ended up eventually working with, sure. I knew that I had inside me the seeds of the solution to everything you know that I would possibly encounter and everything? so what well you know I had been teaching this stuff with with executives and athletes like you, you said and I had been really helping people stay focused on setting goals understanding their purpose staying motivated staying inspired I knew that those same rules if you will or those same strategies or skills or tools would help me as a parent and of course they did. Right. And then when I was diagnosed with with cancer, I was I was in real trouble. Like you said, my bone marrow was completely destroyed. I had no mechanism with which to create new blood. So here I am, literally going to bed every night in the hospital, presuming that I would not wake up. You know? Yeah. And my only the the only thing that I could go to was the practices and the skills and the, and the truths that I had come to understand that, that I had applied as a single dad, you know, yep. stay focused on what's important, stay focused on what you believe in, uh, affirm what you believe in, appreciate what you have, what we appreciate appreciates. So I focused on my gratitude, I focused on my understanding of what was going on inside my body as a scientist and a biologist from college, I knew sort of, I had an understanding, at least a rudimentary understanding of what was going on in my body. And yep. so I focused and concentrated as I had with my children, concentrate on what is in front of us, concentrate on what we do have and, and focus on the way we want it to be. And when I did that, what I what I really understood the common thread through all of those and the most direct answer to your question of how those things what those things have in common is that the vocabulary we choose to describe what we're going through, Bob, absolutely and powerfully influence what we actually experience. Right. So, you know, if if we're if we're ill or if we're experiencing Disease, and if you separate that word out, dis-ease, yep. and we want to experience ease, well then concentrate on ease 
you know, like Jig Ziglar, I remember he said this in a recording I heard years and years and years ago. He said, if you're digging for gold, you don't look for the dirt. Yeah. And so whether you're raising children or killing yourself from cancer or working with an NFL athlete who for some reason is, is experiencing hitting a, hitting a performance ceiling and right. needs to break through it, in, in either of those situations, you're not digging for the dirt. You're digging for the gold. Yeah. And so you concentrate on the gold and you visualize the gold and you, you know, that's what you talk about. And, yeah. and Earl Nightingale, I, I'm sure you're a fan too. Yeah, Earl Nightingale fan. changed my life when yeah. I heard him say these words. You are what you think about. What you think about becomes real. Yep. You know? And who you and associate with is who you become too. If you, if you, uh, um, right. if, if, if you associate with people who sit on the couch and eat chips all day and watch Oprah and get fatter and fatter, you're going to be one of them. If you mix with people like yeah. the people at Metal, you're going to have a totally <laughs> different perspective on the world. I agree with that. Now, there's nothing like right. illness though, is there, to focus your mind and get you back to what's real. I had a major heart attack mm. 12 years ago and I didn't know that. I must admit it didn't last. <laughs> it lasted for a, a while, but then it sort of wore off. But when I first um, started recovery and I, you know, I was struggling to walk upstairs and I ran, ran out of breath very mm. easily, I was really focused. But then that focus sort of drifted away and I got back into the rat race of what I now do. Um, how mm. do you maintain that... Um, Perspective. When you um, when you became cancer free, how did you then maintain that focus on an ongoing basis? Yeah, that's a great question, Bob. I, you know, there's a great book that I just absolutely love uh, by a guy named Wallace Waddles called "The Science of Getting Rich." And while it's particularly, you know, it's obviously focused on how to make money and, and, right. and uh, amass wealth, but it, it has such golden nuggets for us. Uh, he talks about this one concept of right thinking, okay? So yep. you've got to keep the right ideas in your mind, and we have to exercise our will to continue right thinking. And this is where I love this word discipline. Yep. You know, I grew up, I don't know about you, my upbringing was fairly strict. I was raised by, a, my parents were wonderful. My father was an ultimate overachiever, right. genius, photographic memory, world-renowned surgeon, the whole deal. And so it was it was fairly strict household, right? And right. so discipline for me, I, I grew up thinking discipline was a, was a downer of, a, of yeah. an experience. You know, yeah, makes life too hard. To, <laughs> yeah, right. It's and and not fun, right? Yeah, exactly. But what I learned from working with athletes in particular was that discipline is really self-care in advance. Okay. And so, if we look at that, it changes the world. It changes the whole worldview. If I think of myself, let's say next. Sunday we have a live event, right? right? And I know that I've got to be in the zone for that live event because we give every, you know, as a speaker, you take that stage, you put that yep. microphone in your hand, you want to pour into these folks, right? And yep. we do speaker training. So when we do a live event, it's like we're ready to pour into these people. 
So if I know ahead of time that I got to be in the zone and I plan the next couple weeks to prepare for that moment where I take the mic and I go and give everything I've got, well then everything I do in the meantime is caring for that version of myself that will take the stage. Right. And so I when I teach that. somebody yeah. discipline, you get, you get that? So, yeah, I do. I so get because it. then the athletes, and, and I've worked with veterans, you know, uh, uh, what, do, what do they call it? The special forces guys? Yep. They say the more we sweat in practice, the less we bleed in battle. I'm sure that's true too. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so like, yeah, it's self care. Like I'm, I'm saving my butt in advance. You know, yeah. Yep. And so, so that that is how to get to the answer to your question is that is how I maintain the gratitude, the focus on because I I implement a daily practice and it, that's my discipline. Right. I take care of the nine p.m. version of myself by meditating for 45 minutes at 6.55 a.m. Yeah, I've got you. Now, just, you, just, you follow that? I do, I do. Now, just just yeah. as an aside, who are the most difficult... You, you talked essentially about executives, sports persons, and performers. Who are the most yeah. difficult... And there's a great range of emotion in there because executives tend to be fairly hard-headed most of us think of athletes as being pretty thick <laughs> and performers and performers are extremely emotional so yeah. if you look at those three categories and i know that's very general but um which are the most difficult to um discipline and inspire and get focused <laughs> Bob, I love the question. I've never had that question, and I love oh, it. Oh, I try um, to ask difficult. It, I try to ask yeah. interesting questions. <laughs> well, I love I love the questions that have a lot of potential to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's, so it, it's a great question because here's the deal: everybody has a different uh, reason for being great clients, and everybody has a different reason for being a difficult client. For right. instance. Artists, I love working with performing artists because while sometimes they're the most challenging to keep focused, they're also almost across the board the most willing to go deep into the emotional stuff yeah, because they kind of live people. out there. You know, they live out there on the edge. Their, their art depends on them being vulnerable and exposed, you know? Yes, yes. Especially... Especially actors, performing artists, you know? Yeah. And then, then you've got the executives who are the toughest nuts to crack emotionally. Yep. yep. But, but they see the payoff really quickly. Like, once they see it, I got them. I know that they're going to pour in, they're going to jump into the work, they're going to be willing to expose and talk about their childhood and their kids and their relationships and all this stuff. And um, so they may be the toughest nuts to crack, but once I do, they, you know, we got them. And then the athletes, you know, it's funny. I totally get it. I mean, I was an athlete, I was a student athlete as a young man. I competed uh, skiing professionally and amateur racer. And, and I get that sort of, you know, we're not known for our, for the rocket surgery, rocket science, you know, but yeah. some of the, some of the athletes I've worked with have been, 
some of the brightest people and their focus, like they approach their athleticism or their performance scientifically. Like they're really into the VO2 max and, the, yeah, and all of the science. Like, yeah, it's amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I because agree. what we know about our bodies now compared to even 10 years ago, it's crazy, right? Yeah, I was reading... What we know about how... I was reading in yeah. the... In the um, airplane coming back from Brazil uh, that they've now developed um, I guess their chips they put into the body and the chips measure their heart rate their 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 speed of reacting to things I mean they get this it's like the Formula One car you know Formula One car's got 250 sensors that sends this information yeah. to some giant computer who sorts out how the car's going they're doing the same thing with people with athletes yeah and it's yeah. really quite extraordinary. And the increase in performance is amazing. <laughs> it's just well, amazing. Because do you remember? Yeah. Well, do you remember? Oh, boy. This was back in, uh, I don't know, like the late 60s, maybe early 70s. I know we were just starting to use it in skiing in, in the 80s. Well, I think we called it biofeedback. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. So when you see your heart rate going up, you can think about calming down or whatever, and you can watch your heart rate go down. Yeah. They've taken that idea of, you know, real-time data collection and analysis. They've taken that idea of biofeedback to the, oh, my gosh, you know, we're just holy cow with it that we can do with that information now. Yeah. I, I I must admit I find it, find it rather ironic that you can't blood dope, you can't take your blood out and super oxygenate it and pump it back into your body, but you can fill your body with chips that you know, report to a computer somewhere. I have a problem with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, fair. I think you know what, I don't get into the ethical thing, you know, that uh that piece so much cuz it's a super slope to be sure, and I get it. I totally agree with what you're saying. It, it's uh Oh my goodness! There's no shortage of irony in in our, you know, what we think is important no, on the battlefield. For instance, I mean, my, I've worked with the NFLPA, the Players Association. You yeah. know, where where these guys, these warriors, you know, they put their bodies on the line and punish themselves. Yes, and I know. yet, amazingly and I so. Working, yeah, amazingly People so. People like, don't so realize the damage that's done to bodies. Yeah. Oh. And then when they retire, there's nobody there to teach them, you know, okay, this is what you got to do to manage your money so you're not bankrupt in five years. This is what you got to do to manage your relationship so you're happy in 10 years. This is what you got to do to manage your health so that you're alive in 15 years. And it, like that's what some of the work that I ended up doing with these guys. And it's like, believe it or not, there's no, there's no plan for these guys. And unless they take it upon themselves. An interesting statistic, um, 86%, and I only happen to know that because of a client, but 86% of all professional soccer players in Europe, um, these are the guys that play for Man U and, and um, Real Madrid, etc. 86% of them are bankrupt within five years of stopping playing, and almost the same percentage have a totally broken relationship in the same period. That's, that's, that's tragic to me, 86%. don't you think? 86%. It, it, it's absolutely dreadful. Now, going back to, you're an attorney, and 
Um, I'm interested in how being an attorney um, helped prepare you to coach executives because I've got a few friends who are attorneys and they say that um, to some degree you have to stay detached from your clients because otherwise if you got emotionally involved in every client and you lose 50 cases, you'd be a basket case. Mm. Um, yeah. So... How does an attorney who is sort of skilled at staying detached um, prepare you to coach executives? How does I would have thought the opposite would have been true, but how does that work? Yeah, I tell you, this is where it, it, it prepared me by helping me realize how important it is to really to now. When you're talking about someone's liberty, it's important to be detached enough to do your job very well. So if you're yeah. criminal defense attorney sure. or whatever. But the work that I was interested in doing called me to go deep with people. I wanted to go deep with people. I wanted to get the best deal, and I wanted to know why, for instance, why it was important to them. I found that if I knew why it was important to them to get that extra quarter of a million dollars out of the deal besides just doing it, you know, uh, it, it meant more to me. And yeah. so I realized that I'm going to be able to do that more as a consultant and a coach than I am as an attorney. And what I found is that the attorney piece got me into the room with some of these people. And then I had to switch gears because in New York State where I was practicing, you couldn't bill yourself as an attorney and a consultant. You had to have separate advertising. You had to do right. business as separate entities and all that stuff. And so I, that's when I realized by working, I had this one executive in particular. He was a Fortune 500 executive. He had actually hired me to represent him in buying a yacht. <laughs> and uh, I, that's how we got to know each other. And when, when we realized we had similar passions for human motivation and psychology and spirituality. He said, you know, I want you to talk to my guys about what you're doing. And he hired me to coach his sales team, 12 right. men and women across the country. And, and that's how my coaching was born. And this was back in 1992, you know, before coaching and you know, who the heck, what was a coach, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and now every so Tom Diggin Harry's a coach. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, well. Or calls himself there, a coach. It, it, yeah, there's, a, there's certainly a lot of that. And, and I, you know, I do take great comfort knowing that I was out there <laughs> in the beginning. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say the law practice for me really, really brought into specific relief. You know, there are people who are good at different things. Yes. And there are, I'm good for whatever reason, it's the gift that was put in me when I was born. You know, yeah. you're great at asking questions and getting people to open up on the radio. I'm really good at getting people to open up and really talk deeply about why things are important to them. Right. Of course, when you have that information, I can I can help them make it happen. Yeah. I can help them with the visualization. I can help them with the goals. And I can help them with the interpersonal relationships. And I can help them express their message on stage when they didn't have that skill before. So, Okay, going... Yeah. You spent um, a lot of time as a single father, and I assume now that you married again, um, did I you get did. married before yeah. or after your bout with cancer? After. I just... Um, I, I, we're coming up on my 10-year cancerversary, we call it. Right. And... Uh, 
the you know the the I had been speaking throughout that ten years after my recovery. I continued my corporate speaking, and and actually a corporate gig is what brought me out to L.A. Yeah. Uh, just about it'll be two years ago in May, and I had just begun establishing a relationship with a woman out here in L.A. Some friends had been hounding me to, to to get in touch with her. They had been hounding her to get in touch with me for years. No kidding. Finally, we started having a friendship by text. And oh, you'll appreciate that you're a speaker. So I sent her a text. I said, so our friends tell me that we're destined to rock the stage together. Should I go ahead and book Madison Square Garden now or should we be first? <laughs> <laughs> There's that rock <laughs> thing again. Yeah, I think, it, I think if I went to your hot. house, there'd be Rolling Stones posters all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, okay, Bob, I haven't hung a poster in years. <laughs> <laughs> so how how has your marriage influenced your attitude to your personal life and your business life? It's a oh, man. Well, what happened was I came out here to do this speaking gig. We met face-to-face. Five days later, I was, not even five days later, three days later, I was totally in love. Two weeks later, we were engaged, and two weeks after that, we were married. Very so cool. So 35 story. days from the day we met. I like those stories. So, you know, for me, uh, our relationship, now I married a professional speaker, also a coach, and she's phenomenal. You know, we together, we love managing the energy in a room. We love speaking from stage together. We love doing that work together. And we love how how my marriage has affected this all is that it really has deepened my commitment to to the spiritual piece of it all. Because for me, I mean I've had a, I've had an important spiritual practice my my whole adult life. You know, there was a period of time where I sort of had rejected the spirituality of my upbringing because it didn't sure. quite fit. And, you know, people go through that. And, yep. and then I sort of discovered my own truth and my own set of truths throughout my cancer experience, which was profound. Yep. And then meeting Tracy, Tracy Trottenberg, she's an amazing speaker. And, and meeting her, for me, was sort of the, the ultimate affirmation that when we do our work, when we concentrate on what's important to us, when we affirm to ourselves that we're doing the right thing, when we express gratitude to the universe or God or whatever your vocabulary calls yep. for, you know, then good things keep coming. And for Tracy to come into my life in the moment she did and to, to have the synchronicity unfold the way it did was sort of like just this giant affirmation for me that I was on the right track. And so what our relationship does for me every day is remind me that, that I'm, I'm doing what I'm here to do. I'm living my purpose. And that the past 10 years, for instance, haven't been wasted. You know, they've been invested wisely. Now, we're just about out of time, but one quick question. Okay. Um, yeah. we, we know that there's this extraordinary variety of people on this planet with different attitudes to almost everything. Is there, something, is there something that the majority um, of people, men and women, want more than anything? Is there any sort of common thing that people want? Yeah. What I have found in working with men through the Omega Mindset Project, working with women through our work, my work with Tracy and the amazing women community, 
is that women want more than anything, especially in relationship, to feel safe. And men want more than anything to feel invincible. And when a woman helps and, and is mindful of that and can help her man feel invincible, and when her man can help her where he can to feel safe. Yeah, they, they, that, they're that intertwined man, in a long yeah. yeah. Yeah, that man and that woman, woman has the key to each other's heart. Yeah, you know, I and, get that. And when, yeah, so when we figure that out, when we figure that out for ourselves, what makes us feel safe, what makes us feel invincible, number one, we're in a better position to take responsibility for that ourselves. And number two, we can create that space for our partners. And that could be the ideal partner we're still looking for or the partner we woke up with this morning and we need to fix things or whatever. That 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 little double-edged truth there has been has been profound understanding I, for me. I agree entirely, George. Thank you very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. I really do appreciate it. Now, if you'd like to find out more about George, go to rockstarmonk.com. Now you can't forget that rockstarmonk.com, and I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show after this short message. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, absolutely no bullshit business radio show. We're on Voice America Business Channel, which is the number one global business show for entrepreneurs. This week, we're broadcasting from the shores of Sydney Harbour in Australia. And next week, we'll be back broadcasting from our studio on Hollywood Boulevard, which is where technology meets entertainment. Um, Self-driving robots. Now, we hear a lot about robots and about um, drones, but self-driving robots will soon start delivering food and groceries in London, actually starting this month. 
Starship Technologies is rolling out its six-wheeled delivery robots in London, Dusseldorf, Bern and Hamburg, beginning immediately. And the robots will be used by two food delivery services in these cities, as well as courier services and a grocery store chain. And Starship hopes that this new technology will help cut both the time and costs associated with delivery. One thing that worries me about all this is what happens to employment? Mm, You know, I don't know how we continue to put on robots and displace people from work and try to keep the peace. I'm not sure how we do that, but smarter people than I, I guess, are working on it. Now, these self-driving robots, they won't exactly be self-driving at first. They'll instead be driven remotely by Starship employees until the machines become more familiar with their, their delivery areas. Now, once they get more familiar with their delivery areas, they'll gradually become more autonomous. And Starship estimates that after a while, one employee will be able to operate 100 robots doing 100 different deliveries all at the same time. That's pretty extraordinary. The company estimates, can you imagine the 100 pizzas going down different streets being driven by one guy if he um, if he gets on his smartphone for a couple of minutes to check out his Facebook pages, it's going to be a mess. Now, the company estimates that they'll have hundreds of these uh, robots on the road delivering food by the end of this year and thousands of them by the end of next year. So in London, it currently costs about $16 to have a package delivered. Starship wants to cut that cost down to $1.50 by using robots. So that'll be a remarkable change to um, the economics of delivering food. The robots have been tested over 5,000 miles. They've uh, interacted with over 400,000 people so far. And to date, there's been no reported accidents. Nobody's stolen food. Nobody's wrecked a robot. So, so far, all good. Now, Starship Technologies was started by the co-founders of Skype. So they've got a fair bit of smarts. Not only have they got a fair bit of smarts, they've got a fair bit of money to put into this. And they've got partners lined up in the U.S., so they could roll up, roll out, I mean. They could roll out their robots here in the US sometime this year. That's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that, seeing millions of little robots racing all around the street. Now, here's some great news, and it's not the least bit before time. Facebook users can now solicit donations for US-based non-profits. Facebook introduced a new tool last Thursday that allows people to raise money for US-based 501c3 non-profits and they can raise them directly on the Facebook site. This fundraising tool allows individuals to set up a page to share their story with their friends and, of course, their followers and talk about the non-profit's mission and solicit funds. Last fall, Facebook launched a fundraising tool for nonprofits where organisations can raise money directly from the news feed and use the donate button. But Facebook's new tool now lets ordinary users create pages to collect donations for a nonprofit and uh, they can set funding goals. That's pretty cool. 
Facebook announced uh, changes to its news feed earlier this week, where users will see more updates from their Facebook friends and less articles and updates from brands and publishers. Yippee! That's great. <laughs> you can get started on the tool at facebook.com forward slash fundraisers. Now, over the past few weeks, we talked about Uber cars, Uber Eats, Uber helicopters, Uber bicycles in the Netherlands, Uber deliveries, Uber submarine rides. Well, now you can get Uber hot air balloon and boat rides. You know, this is part of Uber's push to um, be a one-stop shop for pretty much everything. And uh, this is another focus on a one-stop shop for travellers, this Uber Plus travel allows users in the country to request boat rides in addition to hot air balloon excursions. The San Francisco-based company, it's also rolling out a new service in China called Uber Life, which is meant to connect users to nearby entertainment and sporting events. It certainly reminds us that Uber is a global service servicing global citizens. I mean, it's a really amazing company. Um Uber's experimented with various modes of transportation that cater for different markets in New York City. So worldwide, there are 169 private tech companies valued at $1 billion or more. And in Silicon Valley speak, they're called unicorns. Uber's most valuable at $62 billion, followed by Chinese consumer electrics company Xiaomi at $46 billion and another Chinese company, taxing and ride-hailing giant Didi, $28 billion. Uber sits at fourth position at $26 billion. So there's gold in them, their startups. The only difficulty is picking the right one. In the meanwhile, remember, if you're not really pushing the envelope, if you're not living right on the edge, if you're not kicking the ball as hard as you can kick it, you're taking up too much space. Get out of the way. Let somebody who wants to succeed get past you. You know, it's easier and much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. This is Bob Pritchard. I look forward to your company again next week when I will again be broadcasting from Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles, where technology meets entertainment. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.